broken and beaten, our heroes are scattered. Lost and alone, their hopes are all tattered. Their home has been conquered, but their fight is not done. They must mount a strong defense while still on the run. Their task will be hard, but still they must try. So sit back and observe. The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, three, four. been six months it's been six months since you watched your best friend in the entire world get stabbed in the heart i still cry the last six months have been boring and infuriating and sometimes good mostly towards the end but the first thing you remember after watching chirp die and getting involuntarily forced into your house is this odd clicking sound as you're, you know, deposited in the middle of your living room. And as you first try to escape immediately, you know, instinctually, you notice that you don't go anywhere. And the harder you try, it starts to hurt, starts to give you a headache. And like, you've never had a headache before. My headache's so bad, I faint. And you would too. Mm -hmm. Uh, This goes on for like two months. The first two months, and it gets hard to tell the days from each other. You have no way to, like, there's no real sun or moon. I mean, I'm sure you would have some sort of time-telling device, but after a while, that's just Oh, I've to been keeping anymore. a tally right next just to it. Just going for it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, two months passes of you being stuck in your house, uh, left with everything that happened, you know, right before that. During the last week, this entire two months, there's basically... Anytime you've tried to, you know, go out of your house, you just can't. And then I know that you have like kind of a sense of what's around you when you go into your house. It's just like darkness. Like you have no sense of anything outside. Like you would just assume that you're floating in a void somewhere. So someone took my house? Yes. And uh, the only thing that you could compare it to is like being inside like a uh, bag of holding. But you know that's impossible. It would rip open the fabric of space time. That's more meta though. <laughs> I mean, that's real. People got to know. I well, I'm sure these people that the would know how to trap you in your house would know not to do that. But basically, it seems like whatever that is keeping you in your house is also keeping you from seeing what's going on outside. In the last week that you spend in your house for a long time, you start to get a sense of things around you, of 
talking voices and at first you're not able to discern if it's you talking to yourself or if there's someone you know if if this enchantment or whatever it is holding you in here is starting to fail and you i imagine as soon as lazy notices that you would immediately start fighting against it mm -hmm. when you do you have like parts of your body that feel like they're getting out your house isn't exactly like you walk into it and then you're like it's it's just you transport yourself into mm -hmm. it so it's more of a being pulled from one place to another it's not like you're like you a can, portal key it's not or like you can just key. stick your arm out you know and grab something like a port key exactly but you feel like you can kind of get a finger out you can get a foot out you like but it's not all at once and over the week it, it, it starts to get you know easier and easier to push back against it until suddenly you're out of your house you are standing in a long brightly lit room with like these metal shower heads sticking out of the walls and there's kind of these not hooks but like chains hanging from the ceiling and different kind of like bars and things attached to them and as you come out of your room or <laughs> your room <laughs> as you come out of your house and kind of start to take in your surroundings you feel something like touch your back kind of mid back right in the middle of your spine. And suddenly you feel this like white hot searing pain in your back and you're on the ground. Ow. You gonna try and do anything? Well, I don't think I can, right? Cause like- they uh, I know you're jump. paralyzed at the yeah, moment. Yeah, like I couldn't even take an attack of opportunity or anything or I don't see it. So I can't really react if it's just like puts me down immediately. These two human men, completely hairless, come walking into view. You're you're kind of on your back now and they stand over you and they don't say anything to you. They don't, they just kind of have neutral faces. But they pick you up off the ground and bring you over to the where these chains and apparatuses are. And they start to attach you to them and kind of get you upright. And Am I conscious? Yes. Yeah, you just can't I'm just paralyzed. control your body. Yeah. And they take you over and strip you and uh, shower you down and take you in through a like kind of a door that's a bunch of flaps of leather and push you through into another room where you see all of these glass tanks. And some of them, you can see that, that they have doors on the front of them. And some of them are open. Some of them are full of like some sort of liquid. There's several different colors of liquids, green, a blue, a yellow, and then there's one that is clear. And there are a few that are open closer to you and they take you over and they put you into one of the open ones and they uh, strap you down, top of your arms, on your forearms, uh, around your waist, kind of up under your arms, uh, and they strap your head back. So you're looking straightforward and you can see that the tube on the other side of the room is empty as well or just across from me yeah directly across from you but you still from your i mean you can kind of you know turn your head well once you eventually once they close the door uh about an hour or so goes by and you kind of get feeling back in your body and but you i mean you're pretty thoroughly strapped down i mean you can make like a strength check I mean, I'm gonna to try. try. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna try to bust see this how it out. Goes. <laughs> Three. Yeah, it doesn't go well. <laughs> uh, but once you kind of get, you know, movement back a bit, you can turn your head slightly to the left and the right, uh, and you can see the tanks on either side. Uh, and the one to your right 
has uh, just is the one with the clear liquid, and you can see a dragonborn man. It is a green dragonborn. Doesn't look like anybody you recognize, uh, but they are also stripped down, tied in. But this liquid seems to, at first you think they might be dead because their eyes are open, but they you know, are kind of moving around and they see you looking at them and they look at you. You can see that they start to mouth. I try to send them a message with my brain, but it doesn't work. Nope. Because I don't <laughs> actually uh... have message. <laughs> I've just been hanging out with a lot of magical people. Usually this works. Usually I can just talk to people in their brains. What happened? Usually my friends talk to me sometimes. Yeah. Like, and I can send a message back. It works. <laughs> no, your well, it's character. Like you usually play magic characters too. So uh, that's why when I was like, really? You got you got spells over there? Yeah, for sure I do. It's one of my key points. <laughs> key messenger. Key, key messenger. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> okay, As, so can I read lips? Can I try to read his lips? Because I know what dragon yeah. lips look like. Yeah, exactly. You've, you've been around What kind of role would that be? Um, he, uh, perception? Eight. <laughs> Total? We talked about this dice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it, it wasn't that hard, I guess, because I was going to tell you anyways before you rolled <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. No, rolling's good. <laughs> no, uh, it looks like he is saying, help me. Okay, but do I hear it? It's how, how long does it take me to realize he's saying, help me? Probably a good, like, five, ten minutes. <laughs> Lazy's over in her tank trying to mouth the same thing. <laughs> Olive juice. <laughs> Olive juice. Uh, as... They shut the tank on you. Uh, you hear air hissing out, and for a moment, it feels like you can't breathe. <gasps> but then you remember, I don't think you need to breathe, actually. I am energy. I think that was one of the things that we gave you with your race. But anyways, but yeah, then you remember that you don't need to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, sweet, I'm cool. Um, but then they... I've got so used to that oxygen, though. A bright blue viscous fluid starts to fill the tank from the Ew. bottom. Ew. I try to uh, pick my foot up. Uh, Even if it's dry, I still try. Okay. okay. <laughs> Five. <laughs> I told you, you should abandon that dice. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a whole selection. <laughs> um, it's got sparkles in it. Yeah, so you barely get your foot up. Like I don't you, even move it, do I? Yeah, not really. <laughs> I wiggle my toes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> but this uh, this fluid re very rapidly fills this tube until uh, it goes all the way over your head to the top, and you realize that it doesn't it doesn't taste or smell good. It tastes kind of metallic and smells like burning, like burnt toast. Am I going to burn? Are they going to electrocute this lightning monk? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I um, have resistance to lightning damage. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're fine. This you're is, fine. I'm a terrible person to watch movies with, too, because I try to, like, <laughs> create the plot. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, saw that coming. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Uh, actually, they, they're going to do something close to it. Um, the, uh, although not at first. After what seems like a day or two, you, from what you can tell, you've seen them bring a few other people in, but always a, a weird race. So you see a turtle person, you see another dragon. Do I born. see a bird person? 
You do, but it's like a, a raven kenku. I don't even. More traditional kenku. I start crying. <laughs> uh, your tears are immediately like, you know, co- they're coming out, but you've got fluid all over you. So. You know, I can still, I know it's, it's happening. It's intermingling. Well, I just, I know I'm just bawling. The tube on the other side of you remains unoccupied for a while. Uh, eventually, they put one in the left the tube on the left, uh, and it is a what appears to be a mushroom person. God, what's the mushroom's name from Mario? <laughs> Toad? Is that his name? No. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, but he, he, uh, they, uh, they put him in there and close it, and there's this like dark green, almost like blackish green liquid that fills up the his tube and do I know much about these creatures that are um in the Make surrounding tubes? Check. I'm a dumb monk. <laughs> Can I switch dice now? <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. I saw that natural one. It bounced off my finger. It really know, wasn't know, fair. Yeah switch dice. <laughs> again. You wanna tell me things? <laughs> nope. No you don't <laughs> Uh, basically, you would just know that they're all the. They main don't thing, look like me or other people. No, they look like creatures or they, magical. Exactly, it all seems to be like ma- the magical weird races. Unique. Unique races. That's much better. Thank you. <laughs> I do that every time you say it. <laughs> this is like the second time it's happened, and I just like to correct that. <laughs> After like two or three days, the tube directly across from you finally gets filled and it is by another gin someone is that, it one that i know yeah uh it's alex mm. somebody you haven't seen in a while since you got pretty busy with your cases and everything with, you but know the she church also of the kinda, open eye yeah well and she also kind of disappeared for a while as well doing their own thing the alex that you see is very different from the alex that you knew do i recognize past. her by her oh, energy immediately exactly mm-hmm. but her physical form has changed she's looks like she might have been trying to blend in with the elves uh she's kind of more slender and tall short hair somewhat pointy ears not fully though but she looks like she's in a bad way she looks like she's injured she's got kind of a cut across the left side of her and seems like they've stitched her up but they didn't bandage it and when they put her in her tube and strap her down closes and it fills with what well, I guess now that you have this like blue liquid covering your eyes, you wouldn't everything's be able to tell. Everything's distorted. Everything's blue. <laughs> I'm blue. No. Uh, everything's just blue. You. I, th- I think that's a song too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see that, I mean, from what you can best tell, it fills up with the same kind of liquid that's in yours. Another day passes what if her liquid was yellow and I saw it as green? Let's get well, that, weird. That would work. That's how you knew the green one was kind of green. Because <laughs> blue and green make aquamarine. Yeah. I guess. Sure, I can tell that, but I can't tell anything about their race. <laughs> like, I was too focused on the colors. I was like, this is trippy. Everything is blue this now. Is weird. No. But yeah, after another day or so, a very tall, very severe looking human man walks in, walks past your 
tube. Um, he's got jet black hair, close crop to his skull, uh, but all kind of swoop back and a small mustache. And one of his arms, like he, the first time he passes by, uh, you don't get a very good look at it. But Did they notice my weird. third arm? Yeah. And that was something else that you notice when people are coming in is that some of them had like weird things about them. Not necessarily just appendages, but like there was a like wolf person that they walked by uh, that had a mustache that wolves would normally not be able to grow. Let's put it that way. Kind of a weird thing. (laughs) I don't have my table of weirdness in front of me right now. It was a hipster wolf. A hipster. Mm-hmm. So the guy with the black hair that is humanoid and or human and yeah, he the first time you see me just kind of walks by really quickly. But after a few minutes, you see that he's going. He comes into view and you see that he's going from tube to tube and he's observing, uh, writing down on a clipboard. And his right arm seems to be moving kind of weirdly as he's writing, but it's it's blocked from you the way that he's walking. Eventually, he comes back around and he comes in front of your tube and you get a good look at him. Most of the front of the tube is open, by the way, the glass. And he looks at you and, I mean, do you try to say anything, do anything? Are you just going to like coldly stare at him? I don't know if I should try to bust out my chains again. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't go well last time, did it? (laughs) No. Eleven. Struggling against your bonds, uh, he... He kind of looks at you and he he makes a quick note. And when he does, your attention is drawn to this arm and you can see that it looks mostly mechanical. Uh, But there's also this weird like flesh wrapped around it and wrapped around the fingers and like seems to be the tendons. But the rest of it's like made out of metal and it kind of moves all quick and jaunty. Mm. Uh, twitches around a lot, uh, but he—it seems like he's writing. I don't he's know. You can't see his. Yeah, he's just writing. He could be just scribbling. He could be drawing pictures. You don't know. <laughs> I try to look. I'm gonna stretch my neck as far as I can. Okay. Is uh, my head strapped down? Yes. Oh, just kidding. Well, as far as you can stretch it, you kind of like try to move forward a bit, uh, and he kind of puts the clipboard down a little bit and reaches over to his right, your left, and you can see on the clipboard that his writing is very neat and orderly. And right as you're about to read, actually make me a perception check. As as you're trying to get a good look at what's written there, he's reaching up to the right and he, you hear a button click and all of your restraints are pulled to like maximum tightness and you're pulled back as hard as possible. And he kind of just smiles and nods and makes another mark and walks on and leaves you like that. I blink F you with my eyeballs. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think that might be like aggressive blinking. (laughs) Is what you could. Yeah. Well, not like. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Just. Yeah. Oh, my eyes. (laughs) Why did I do that? Maybe I mouth it to him. Oh, I mouth fucking. <laughs> that seems way easier. I'm so stupid. Oh my no, no. god. I angrily blink, blink. 
<laughs> and then when that fails, I just go, oh, shit, fuck you. Lizzie's <laughs> not doing well right now. <laughs> no. She's rolling poorly and is stuck and sad. <laughs> so this is your life for the next couple of days. I'm just mouth swearing at everyone that passes by. <laughs> uh, the only person you see anymore is this tall, metal-armed doctor, every, scientist Every single guy. time I see him. But he comes in pretty regularly every couple of hours and goes around and makes notes. Do me and, and that guy does. that's next to me, can we have a conversation? He mouth stuff to me. Can I try to mouth stuff back to him? Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, but It says I understand most languages could... Um, mouthing something be considered a language? <laughs> well, actually, the language uh, of the lips. <laughs> uh, Alex, across from you, uh, is like trying to get your. Every time the doctor's gone, she's like trying to get your attention. Oh, I and, see like, her. I would say, yeah, you guys could basically communicate with each other. I mean, if you can read lips, and I mean, it's really not that. Hard. I mean, it just takes me a while. Yeah, well, you guys have. I, I would say, even over just a couple of days, you. Create we a have pretty a good connection of communication. Why? Were you, what do you want to talk to him about? Um, <laughs> How's I the want... weather over there? <laughs> no, I want to figure out why she's there. We're like, what oh, um, happened that she got captured? So I would imagine over these first, well, I mean, and over the next bit of time too, you guys would have shared your stories with each other of kind of like how you got there, how she got there, and. Basically, she had been down with the elves working with a group of people that saw that there was a war coming and were trying to prevent it. And she was coming back into the city to come and get you guys. When the, the arms happened? Eye. Yeah, when everything happened. and Tentacles uh, are gross. She ended up fighting her way into the catacombs and stayed in the catacombs for a few days and then was uh, rounded up with a group of other people that were kind of hiding out down there when their army came through and did a sweep. But as immediately once they saw that she was a djinn, they trapped her in her house. Same thing they did to you. So they seem to have some sort of ability for this or maybe a device or something. She didn't really see. Okay. But after after about a week of this, the scientist. So comes there's in. buttons on the sides of the yeah, containers. You can, yeah. Can, you can I see. see her buttons where the doctor's been pushing them? If he has uh, been, yeah. So I can maybe uh, understand. There's the, four buttons. The top one seems to be the one that controls. The top two seems to be the ones that control the uh, straps. Straps tighten, loosen, you know. But then the other two, he hasn't messed with yet. Okay. Have I seen when they put people in? If they push any of those they buttons? They haven't pulled anybody out. Uh, it's just been the, you know, the mushroom person, Alex, and the dragonborn. But you haven't seen them bring any other people in or out. Okay, when chamber. I brought, when they brought them in, did I see where they, what button they pushed when they were filling the vessel? No, you didn't see anybody push any buttons to fill the vessel okay. at all. Okay. They just started filling after it was closed. Like some, they would close it behind you and just walk away. Okay. So that seems like maybe it was being controlled from somewhere else. But the scientist comes in one day and he starts, uh, you see him going on the other side, goes to the mushroom guy and he pushes the first of the bottom two buttons, the third button down, and a light starts to kind of glow inside of it. And suddenly you get the mushroom guy is backlit in the tank against, and the fluid is 
dark and greenish and it was hard to see him before and now all you really see is his silhouette but he's just writhing like oh like in pain yeah yeah i mean he's strapped down so he can't move much but he's you know he's shaking and it seems to be hurting pretty bad and the scientist walks to alex's tube and he presses the the third button down and her tube basically just becomes light at that point like it's just it's so bright to look at but your eyes kind of adjust to it and you can see that it just seems like pure electricity are they gonna touch my tank like that eventually He goes to the Dragonborns and he presses the same button and this fluid that's been cleared this whole time suddenly starts to turn green and you can see that this green is coming from the Dragonborn himself and like leaching into the water Mm. or the, the liquid. But yeah, eventually he comes back around and pushes your button and when he does, you have a sensation of like stepping outside of yourself almost as if you're in two places at once, but you're still in this tube, but you're also filling the tube. Like you can feel yourself just become this electricity that fills your t- the water in your tube and essentially turns it into a you know bright lantern. Like a pool of me. Exactly, exactly. And this isn't painful, but it's extremely scary, at least at first. This goes on every four hours on the hour for the next three months, every day. Attention new agents. This is me, Dr. Byron Brimstone, director of the OMEM. That's the Office for Occult Monitoring, Examination, and Negation. I'm here to give you a short intro into the adventures of the OMEN Investigations team. Join us on a comedy role-playing podcast set in the modern world, where three agents travel the globe to deal with demons, cultists, and conspiracy theories. Follow the exploits of Koala Jackson, an amnesiac Australian with a dark history. Yeah. Annabelle St. John, a gun-sticking girl from the Deep South. Is it a gun cult or is it a pony cult? And Dr. Martin, a disgraced former professor from Sweden. I mean, I am from Sweden. If you like listening to people search for monsters, aliens, entities from beyond the void, and other such hoo-ha, then you should check out Omen Investigations on all good podcast apps. Bibstone out. Dolores, remind me why we're podcasting our top-secret operations again. Right. Podcasting is uh, becoming pretty ubiquitous, and there are a lot of services out there that offer podcast hosting, which is probably the most important part of podcasting, because if you don't have your podcast uh, hosted somewhere, nobody's ever going to hear it. (laughs) And we went through a few different podcasting hosts at the beginning of our show, and wow, we had pretty good experiences with all of them. We found that Shortwave is the best fit for our show. Shortwave is a podcast hosting, syndication, analytics, and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional-level podcasting tools should be available to everyone, not just professionals. And as we are sponsored by Shortwave, uh, you can go ahead and go over to their website, www goshortwave.com to start your free 14-day trial of hosting on Shortwave, which includes show and 
episode level listener analytics, embeddable episode players, unlimited upload and download bandwidth, and two free hours of dynamic content stitching that helps you build your episodes from multiple clips all in your browser. Again, you can go to www.goshortwave.com for a free 14-day trial of everything that Shortwave has to offer. Shortwave, the platform for adaptive podcasting. Welcome to Queer Dungeoneers. This is an unbearable experience. If someone was listening to this, they would say, this is pure silliness. <laughs> I'm going to turn animal. into a really big cow. Moo. It is Baramos of the Fourth Circle. Free me from this orb. Do you have Baramos in your bag? No. You can tell me if you've got Baramos in your bag. No, I've got rations. You've got Baramos in your bag. No, I don't. Nim, what have you done? Queer Dungeoneers, an actual play podcast about being who you are by being someone different. Get it now! I am great and nothing can hurt me. Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew. I'm here to tell you about a new sponsor that we have, LibrisArcana.com. They are a dice service that does monthly subscription boxes with dice in them. Every month you subscribe to them and you get a new set of dice. Their dice are amazingly designed and some of the prettiest dice we've seen. We're very lucky to secure a sponsorship with them. So what they'll be doing for us is if you go on Libris Arcana and subscribe to their monthly dice service, uh, you can get 20% off your first month subscription by using the code BEHOLDER at checkout. Once again, get on there, get your first month subscription, and you'll get 20% off with the code BEHOLDER. Put it in at checkout and you'll be good to go. After the first month and a half, the Dragonborn was dead. They they drained the tank, they opened it up, and they brought in another Dragonborn. This one was red. And he seems to, like, when they bring him in, he seemed to be, like, fully capable and, like, of himself. And they don't strap him down. They just put him into it. Uh, And, in fact, he kind of, like, points at him, and they're like, oh, like, you can't hear them. But they seem to, like, be reassuring him. And they close the tank, and it fills back up with that same green liquid that came from the dragonborn, the other dragonborn. And the scientist comes in, and he presses the fourth button on the console and some of the electricity not all of it if it was all that was drained had been drained from you especially after a month and a half it would just fry this guy but you see that his tube is now being electrified inside it kind of glows a bit and when it stops the liquid is clear and all the green is gone and they drain it and he gets out and he's kind of like coughing and sputtering but you can see that this red dragonborn now has like streaks of green all over his body and he looks like really you know excited about this that green dragon's energy exactly and he lets loose a breath weapon blast and you see that it is fire that is bright green and is like oddly dripping yeah so they seem to have devised a way of like 
draining one dragonborn and giving another dragonborn its traits and like mixing the two. They immediately, after this happens, shove him back into the chamber and this time they strap him down, close it up and that same liquid comes back in and the scientist immediately presses the third button down and he's starting to get drained of both now. Now the water is like red and green. Like marbly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly like oil and water kind of mixed like yeah. About another month and a half goes by and the second dragonborn dies. So it's been three months. Gone yes. through two dragonborns. Uh and today is the day that you escape. Ooh. The last two weeks, three weeks, every time they come in and do the experiment, you have been getting more and more used to it. It doesn't seem like it's draining anything out of you, but now when they do it, you find that you can almost get yourself to do it without it being prompted. So you can almost turn yourself into a pure form of energy without really trying. Or well, you know, it takes it takes some effort in the first week. In the second week, it's getting easier. By the third week, you're making plans. And you've kind of explained this to Alex, and she doesn't seem like she can do it as well. Like, you see her try, you see her, you know, come close, but like never really achieve it. And she's just like, well, when you, when you get out, you come let me out. And what kind of um, monk or genzy monk is she? I mean, she's the same kind as you. I mean, she's... Oh, no, she's not a monk. Uh, As far as you knew, she was... Seemed like some sort of rogue. She usually just had daggers with her and a sling. But yeah, so you're, you know, you're gaining control of this ability and you make plans to escape because you can see in the last couple of weeks that this dragonborn is fading. You watched that first one die. You've kind of seen the the effects. The mushroom guy seems to be like half gone. Like he's faded down into like half of what he was. But it doesn't seem to be affecting you or Alex like negatively. And you kind of get the impression that they may be using this power that they're siphoning off of you to do the other experiments and to power other things. But you see that this dragonborn's on his way out and you know that when they come in to take out his body, it's the only time they really have like the place not on lockdown. You would, I mean, because the only time you see anybody else is when they're getting somebody in or out of a tube. Um, So you you imagine, you know, that's going to be your best time to go cause the most confusion and the door most will most likely be open so it's a few hours into your last day in this place and the dragonborn dies and you can tell you see like a light flashing on one side of his tank and you know they're about to come in halfway through them getting the tank out or opening the tank you kind of feel your moment it seems like they all have their back turned to you probably the best time to go You turn yourself into full energy and push up through 
the conduit in the ceiling. And this is one of the first times you've actually gotten your body to come with you. You've explored this little circuit a couple of times outside of your body, but this is the first time, one of the first times you've really been able to pull your body into it and you get further than you ever have. But when you come out, you know, you're able to kind of get your whole body up into this conduit, up out of the tube, and then use your ability to move through metal to push yourself up and out. And you end up on top of this, standing on top of this tube looking down, um, and you can see that these rows of tubes go down for a good like 30 feet, for a good 30 feet, and they are awful. You see at least six or seven other djinn, and your suspicions are confirmed, and you can see that your the energy coming from the djinns is all routed back down into different places into these other tubes, uh, and is also kind of like up into the lighting so system as a conduit. As batteries, basically, yeah. Your freedom lasts for about 30 seconds before somebody sees you, but you can see that the other end, only about 10 feet away there is the door that is wide open you can't see anybody past it you have enough time to get yourself out of there you try to slap out a few of the tanks you know and try to hit the button on alex's but they're already too close they you know you you almost get grabbed in that moment and you have to make your way out of there without being able to really help anyone else Am I the, riding the lightning right now? Yeah, you can. If you move through a creature's space, it must make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes 8d6 lightning damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. However, because lightning, lightning never strikes twice, a creature that takes damage from this ability can't be affected by it until your next turn. So on my way through, these people that are trying to grab me yeah. should be taking this damage. Roll your damage. And it's what, a dexterity save? Yep, and it's half on saved. It's 11? No, 24. Nice, yeah. Some of the people that you pass through are affected by this. Well, they take half on saved throws. Yeah. Okay. Most of the ones, though, that you can tell save are saved not quite by their dexterity, not by their ability to dodge, but by the resistance. fact that they've got rubber suits on. Like because they, they know that we're electrical. Exactly. <laughs> um, Sorry. But not everybody. So you do take some people down, not killing them, but just kind of knocking them out of your way as you make your way out of this facility. I don't realize that I can hurt them. I only... You're just trying to go. <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of there, yep. but because they're grabbing, trying to grab me, they're getting the effect. As you're about this halfway is, down... I jumped four levels there so oh, i yeah. don't even know what my new skills are yet. oh yeah yeah you're just kind of like bouncing randomly like down a hallway just you know bolt trying of lightning to trying to get the hell out of there, there. Yeah. but as you're bouncing down this hallway you hear a very loud explosion and you come through a set of doors right as there is about six or seven warriors adventurers coming through one of the walls of this place and you see scientists like scattering and there's a few security officer kind of people that are preparing to fight you know guards and you think you recognize a few of these people that are coming in but you can't quite place them at first and as you're zooming past them and out into the fresh air you see that there's like 20 or 30 more coming in behind them mm -hmm. 
and they're kind of flanking this building um, and it seems like there's some sort of like rescue attempt being mounted as you come to a rest because this this hundred feet of lightning bolt gets you outside you faint and it uses a lot of my key yeah it does <laughs> i'm just saying this is like the first time you've really like four of my key points so this was your unlocking i have still have seven left but still. yeah uh you oh this is, it's like such a strain on you for doing it the first time that it yeah i'm you so pass out, i'm so basically. novice yeah wake up in what you can tell is the catacombs. You seem to be in a very, very large chamber, and there are people everywhere, going every direction. As you sit up, you realize that you are laying on a bedroll, kind of towards one corner with a bunch of other injured, unconscious people. Do I recognize anyone? You see the mushroom guy, and he looks like he is in a bad way. There's actually a couple of people look like they might be they're gnomes and they look like they might be gardeners like they have gardeners tools uh, but they're like tending to this mushroom person you see another gin that at first you think is Alex uh, but as you kind of get up and, and look a bit more uh, you see that it, it is just one of the other ones that you could see in a tank further down and it seems like a lot of the people from these tanks were saved uh, as you're looking around you see that almost half of this chamber is filled with bedrolls and people laying on them. Most of the gin, though, seem to be fine. And after you kind of get up and move around, uh, Alex finds you in the crowd. Oh. And she runs up and she's like, lazy, and gives you a big hug. I greet her with open arms. Uh, she says, I can't believe we got out of there. These people, they well, they, we found you on the lawn outside. They got most of us out of there. Um, there were some casualties. There were some people who were just dead in their tubes, it sounded like. But we, they, they got us back. We're kind of in one of their, they said it was a safe house. Who is they? They, they they're calling themselves rebels. I actually, I kind of work oh for them. Um, this is the protectorate. Uh, they don't really want that spread around, but we, I know that, you know, we've worked with you guys in the past at the Beholder's Eye, so... I figured that we'd be, you know, you're not going to go telling everybody. Wasn't January a part of that? Yes. Is yeah, January there? Uh, you don't see him, but you do see a very familiar face. As you're talking to Alex, you feel a hand on your shoulder. And as you turn around, Penny is standing <gasps> in front of you. Oh my God, I squeeze her so hard. She's crying like profusely. She's Me hugging too. you back as hard I, as possible. We're both she's sobbing. Just like, I, can't, I can't believe we found you. She says, you know, I, I'm so glad you're all right. We, I saw your, oh, I saw you come flying out of that building as a lightning bolt. What was that? I have no idea, Penny. I'm still just as shocked as you are. So, <laughs> some of... <laughs> <laughs> I just need to talk to Penny. What yep. is happening? She says, oh, so after everything went down, January and the protectorate showed up and they were able to get me and Tomash and Gerald out of there. Where's Barry and Swifty? Okay, Barry, we, uh, they know where he is. He is in the dungeons. They're using him for something. We haven't been able to find that out yet. Uh, we're trying to get a him. spy in there. Well, 
it might not have been his fault. We're getting a lot of stories that are very common of friends turning on friends in the early days of the war, and it was from possessions. Perry told him to use. So, we're gonna we're gonna hold off judgment until we find out what's going on there. And she says, "But Boris is okay. Good. He's uh, we'll go." We'll go see him in a little bit, but we've got to lay low in this safe house for now while we tend to the wounded, and it's going to be a couple of weeks, so we're going to need you to pitch in, okay? Pitch in and helping? Yeah. Yeah, um, of course. You've got my number. I'm here. So the next couple of weeks are spent taking care of your fellow test subjects, I guess you would say, Mm -hmm. and... Uh, as you go around, you know, you meet uh, a lot of new people. There's many other gins there. And you and Alex kind of become, like, leaders of this little group of helping, you know, just through your natural, you know, wanting to help and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lazy's pretty outgoing. <laughs> yeah. She's, how can she help? Exactly. And, you know, by the end of these couple of weeks, the... Everybody's looking up to you and asking you for help and, you know, asking you questions and what to do about things. You finally get the word that it's safe to move. And there's this kind of like mass exodus from this place through the catacombs to another area. And you arrive at the Protectorate's main base of operations in Salandrian. And it's, you can tell that it is directly under the merchant area. There are several areas inside of the base that have these like those tentacled, those eyed tentacles blocked off and they have like enchantments and everything and you're assured that you can't be seen through them or else they would have already came down there and crushed them long ago. But you get the impression that the surface is still pretty fucked. How is this possible? How are we... Are we using it to learn anything? Is that what we're doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been studying it since the beginning of the war. But they also, you know, they, they've kind of learned all they can from them. There's, uh, they don't really want to open up these enchantments and fuck with them too much. This was like hard-fought ground that they kind of came in and cleared areas out and made them safe until they had enough room to get a, a real forward operating base under the city. But you meet, you meet a lot of the higher-ups of the Protectorate and... After you're there for a day and kind of get settled into your new quarters, um, they put you and Alex and the rest of the gin um, and some of the tabaxi in the same like berth where there's a whole bunch of beds and bunk beds. And as you're kind of getting situated, January walks in and he says, Oh, Lacey, it's so good to see you again. I heard you were here. January? So are you ready to get back into the fight? I know it's been, I've heard it's been pretty bad for you. It's been gloom. But I need you to help me with something. I've, I've got a, a mission and I need at least two or three people to come and help me. Okay? Yeah, you just got to tell me what I need to do. We are going to go out of the city and we are going to go find someone to get Chirp a new body.
that's a wrap, people. <laughs>